morning, fans and listeners of the show, old and new, um, elderly and young, all of that wonderful, wonderful goodness. Welcome to this week's edition of Collective Left Quarters. How are you? How was your Thanksgiving? I hope it was great. And I hope the filler episode is not depressing. But here's the thing. Um, uh, look at this. And, and have some big, you know, 30 minute thing. Um, kind of sort out it. And it was just. It was a little too much. Uh, gloom and doom, you know, at the end of everything. My original plan was to finish everything with the audio. That is from uh, the film, uh, Charlie Chaplin. Uh, kind of a. Um, I, I usually listen to that when I'm a little stressed about the state of the world and all of that. And so I was going to put that in there. Anyway, I just decided, that, you know what? The trip everything that I've been thinking, feeling, so we just played That said, we're moving on. My quick out of nowhere. I am a shivering in my shoes. Uh, I've got to go here in a little bit. Uh, but I think we've got enough time to please get on the podcast. So if you experience any of those weird things like, you know, the volume of my voice and the amount of energy I may or may not have, that will do I. Starting a new job. Um, my old job ran out of work for uh, very, very early uh, at the rate to one, I'm not surprised. I am surprised that it didn't take them so long to realize that we were going to run out of work. So, anyway, uh, should still have plenty of time for all this stuff. Um, let's get into the stuff. Let's see. Last, when last was. That's probably a set. So. Heading over to the home page. Uh, some Saga Frontier Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scarlet. Dark Souls 2. Return to Castle There's some more Jig. Nothing here goes from E. Seven Days to Die. I Quake 4. And Quake 2 Ground Front. Scarlet has decided he will be updating every Saturday and Wednesday, I think. Um, might want to check your calendar. Most of those days. Uh, most of the days that are going off. Saturdays and Wednesday. But I understand. It's okay. Not a big deal. I would like to make a small suggestion to Scarlet. If, and I know you will. Um, maybe have 900 because I mean it, it's a lot it is a lot 
looking at the out thing just though I think that is done because the last video is edited. I'm seeing that you uh, listen to chance. So you have like here. the last video is edited. Is now almost center. Just saying. Just saying. I'm down only two. Which is very nice. And um, I'm going to do some more stuff this week, including one of the requests that I'm going to be I'm working on other stuff as well. I've got, obviously, here it was over. Fire game, the Saga Frontier, to where I left um, stream stuff on a little I've got some other games that I've just been kind of playing for fun. And uh, you might have noticed there was a new game called Steam Fiddle as well. And I'm going to hope that I don't get too caught up in games like Stardew Valley, which is everything Harvest Moon should thus far. Let's get back to it. Obviously, we've got new new sacks and all of that. Uh, we'll see you in the next section of the show. Uh, enjoy stuff, okay?
Go ahead, hurl your head. It's okay, you've got another one. Use it to squelch pop-eyed super slugs and lots of other ghouls, goblins, and creepy creations. You're Chuck D. Head. And you're beheaded for a bone-chilling adventure. Boing off a pole, leap across collapsing log bridges, bop atop a roving eyeball. Then, punch a skull head for extra propulsion, or start a psychedelic earthquake in Dr. Frank N. Stein's lab. Ghastly creatures prowl islands, body parts, totem poles, bury you alive, horned beasts lash their tongues. Finally, meet Max Decap, and remember, if he spooks you, it's all in your head. This is Decap Attack for the Sega Genesis. Um, puns abound. Oh yeah, you'd think Ragnats was involved with the creation of this game. There's so many terrible puns, you would be wrong. Also, in that description, horned beasts lash their tongues. Do you think they would brandish their horns of some sort? Uh, that would be a little more effective, I think, than a good tongue lashing from a horned beast. But do I know? I do know! that this uh, game was very, very different in the Japanese version. Uh, not nearly as goofy, not nearly as silly. Uh, probably, I would say, overall on the better before we got a hold of it here in the States. Vic Tokai generally doesn't do stuff quite like this. Uh, a lot of it has been changed. The gameplay is pretty standard. You know, move to the right, collect items, jump on things, and try and kill bad guys without getting killed. And we have seven wonderful episodes filled of nothing but that. Just for you. You and you alone.
kind of hit that point of the reviews where it's getting hard to find reviews. Maybe you noticed. Um, this one actually has a couple. Um, not from anybody that we're familiar with. I'm going to go, I think, with this one. And that's a quick one, so we'll add another one. Um, oh, man. Let's do that one. We got one four and a half star and one three star. There were a couple of two and a halves. Um, I'm I'm picking these solely based on title and and the author. Uh, you'll see what I mean here in a minute. Our first review, a quick review, by Misty Two K. Misty spelled as in Mystery Science Theater fan, which is why we picked this one. Uh, support the comet. A dear Esther review by Misty Two K. What follows is basically my whole history with this title. I became aware of this strange little indie entity called Dear Esther within about 40 hours of its commercial release, or re-release as the case may be. I gathered that it had its humble origins as a nondescript source mod. It follows, logically, that it is equally humble. Current corporeal state should retain half-life sound effects in the front end. My curiosity immediately peaked. I downloaded it on Steam for the paltry sum of $9.99. Within an hour of returning from a day of arduous work-a-day strife, I had finished the game. And less than 24 hours after that, I was writing a review on the internet about it for reasons I may never fully understand. Yes, reading this review will take approximately 2% as long as it will to play the game in its entirety. What I mean, enterprising reader, is that this game is on the short side. But this shortness isn't of the indivious kind. This is a Portal-esque. It's, quote, it's this length because it would have to be classification of shorts. Believe you me, and I mean this as a positive in a sense that I can reasonably convey. Dear Esther would not work were it to be dragged on for 6 to 10 hours. My playtime clocked in at just over an hour, constituting the entirety of my time with the game. That seems to be the status quo according to its adminicule reviews. It was a brief experience, but one that registered far and away from the regret end of the spectrum of reactions. The playtime itself? Hard indeed to describe in terms of mechanics and interface and whatnot. It's all minimalist to a mist-like degree. Basically, you pilot your guy through the HD wonderment of a storm-buffeted island, finding hotspots to trigger bits of recorded narrative, investigating the visual, cl- visual clues that infest the admittedly well-rendered environment, and get fed cognate bits of winsome little ghost story in less time than it takes to watch the average feature film made since 1950. Although it is more of an experiment in wandering around simulation than what traditionally passes for a full-featured adventure game, a la Endless Ocean, it differs slightly in that, instead of rubbing animals to learn about them somehow, Dear Esther is 100% a game about, spoilers, finding a good spot to kill yourself. It receives my most heartfelt recommendation. Reviewers rating 4.5, outstanding. Wow. Uh, not a terrible review. Spoilers abound uh, right at the end, obviously. And, um, you know, bust out the thesaurus a little. Let's move on to the next review. A little longer, a little less loving, but we'll see. Uh, Dear Esther aims for interesting rather than entertaining, and it succeeds. Eventually. A review by Spectre. The good, variable narrative is surprisingly deep and rewarding. Beautiful, lavishly detailed environments. Boldly experimental, if nothing else. The bad. Grasps the concept of atmosphere, but not the execution. 
takes a while to really become engaging. Level design stunts the narrative at certain points. Everything about Dear Esther is difficult to define. There's the ever-raging debate on whether or not it even constitutes a game, and then there's the question of whether it's a profound piece of art or just plain pretentious. And the most important question as a reviewer, will you like it? Well, it's certainly a net positive, but beyond that, things become more complicated. For my own case, I believe my enjoyment of it was inversely proportional to how much I knew about it beforehand. I knew going in that it was going to be a fringe game experience centered on exploring a deserted island while pseudo-randomly ordered narration clued me into a larger story, but I avoided learning any specifics about the story and decided to keep an open mind about the minimal gameplay while trying to get lost in the atmosphere in the game that was clearly pushing as its focus. What I quickly found was that the game was not nearly as atmospheric as I wished it was. Ironically, the reason for this was that the atmosphere was all Dear Esther offered for the first 20 minutes. One of the key factors of atmosphere is that the second you notice it, it disappears. As such, actively trying to get pulled into a game will do just the opposite. And since Dear Esther's gameplay consists entirely of walking around looking at things, trying to get pulled in is all you're going to be doing for a while. This is where the, quote, not a game argument comes in. There are no puzzles or combat in Dear Esther. In fact, there is nothing standing between you and the conclusion except a couple of kilometers of exceptional, exceptionally beautiful scenery. This isn't necessarily a bad thing. It allows the story to take center stage, which is great because the story in this case is a worthy processor, possessor excuse me, of center stage. But when it comes to immersion, immersion, Dear Esther cries out for something to do. Aside from the gameplay and story, the beauty of Esther is just that. It's beautiful. Unrestrained by factors like difficulty curve or traditional narrative progression, Dear Esther is free to display an island full of sweeping vistas and fluorescent caves with realism and scale on an unprecedented level. At the other end of the spectrum, the island is filled with an unbelievable amount of detail, which helps both in its attempts at immersion and by providing intriguing story nuggets to those willing and able to find them. On that subject, let's talk about the story. First impressions, as with the atmosphere, were poor. Minimalist piano and strings accompany you throughout the game, but it's especially eye-roll-worthy at the beginning when the narrator is soliloquizing about hermits and currently meaningless symbols that have little, if any, connection to what you're actually seeing. It initially seems like it's the kind of game that will end by saying, Thin, and probably calls itself Not a Game, or Ungame, in official documentation. But gradually, over the course of Dear Esther's 60 to 90 minute runtime, something engaging unfolds. It's just not exactly clear in what way. It's still pretentious as hell, and I wouldn't be surprised if the developers one day admitted that it all means nothing, but it's just barely penetrable nature and well-executed scripted sequences elevated above the stereotype of art games as empty, directionless philosophy wrapped in an EXE file. In fact, as the story picked up, I found myself drawn into the game's world more than before because I finally had something driving me forward, and the area around me felt like it was worth exploring. That said, the grand naturalistic style of level design was often a detriment to its narrative delivery. Dead ends were too frequent, too far away, and too difficult to see coming, so I'd occasionally have to backtrack through an area to find my path, hindering the story's development and straining my tolerant relationship with the game's focus on scenery. There are also a few technical problems. Barriers aren't always obvious, so you'll occasionally find yourself sliding along a thigh-high rock for a few seconds before realizing you're not supposed to go there. 
and the abundance of foliage shows that the game's engine isn't really equipped to render them believably. These things drag the immersion down, but it's lifted back up again by the sound effects, which are consistently great, and the narration which is delivered with genuine emotion. Dear Esther is not going to change your stance on art games. Its stubborn refusal to include any of the conventions of its medium has earned it its share of hostility, some of it well-deserved. But if you go into it cautiously optimistic, you'll find there's a reason games like this exist. Dear Esther's story is worth telling, and its experimental delivery is worth exploring, if perhaps for the only, only for observation and education, and perhaps not at the $10 asking price. Reviewer's rating 3.0. Fair. Now, uh, I read both of those, and I didn't comment on either of them, because I wanted to see what they both had to say. Uh, like, it sounds like everybody else who picked this game up, I got it on release day. I knew nothing about it. I wanted a new game to play. I head over to Steam. Here it is. It looks interesting. It sounds interesting, because it doesn't... Um, doesn't it, it just says there's no combat there's no nothing you're just walking through a story and that is not something I had done till this game <clears throat> so I got it tried it uh, playthrough of it first and only playthrough of it actually so far and um, I really really liked it I really liked it uh, I thought it was everything everybody says I thought it was really really pretty the soundtrack was great. The story, once it got going, was really good. And and reading the reviews, thinking back on my playthrough, I kind of felt the same. Like, oh, something needs to happen. Something needs to happen. And then, you know, they would just dangle a little carrot of story in front of you to make you want to keep going. And then you keep going and then you start getting, oh, man, I, I want to, something needs to happen. It's so pretty, but something needs to happen. And then there's a little more story, and then there's a little more story, and then eventually you do piece together what is going on and what's happening, and then it gets it gets pretty pretty darn good at the end. Um, I realize I'm reviewing the game a little more than the reviews right now, uh, because the reviews actually, I mean, I could see giving this game a three or a five or or any kind of score, just depending on what you are into as a gamer. Uh, I'm not a big first-person shooter fan, though occasionally I do like to play a first-person shooter. I'm not a super big, like, ghost story, haunting game kind of fan. I think generally, for the most part, those are really dumb. Um, Slender Man and things like that. I really cannot stand games like that. This is not that. Uh, it's just a really good, solid story wrapped up in a little bit of gameplay. And... Honestly, the gameplay is pretty much just go places. See where you need to go. See what you find along the way. And and you will learn about our hero. Who is uh, yeah, interesting guy. Uh, similar games to this, uh, if you've played Gone Home or have heard about Gone Home, that is a game that, um, very similar. Very similar, which I think I've got a Let's Play of kicking around somewhere. I'll have to look for that. Anyway, uh, Dear Esther, it's 10 bucks. You get it for about an hour. You can't get into a movie for 10 bucks anymore. So, uh, a better experience than most movies, I think. And you can watch it on the website for free.
to me microphone hello welcome to the news our lead story we're just zooming in our lead story the future of travel australian aviator david mayman has promised investors that his personal jetpacks will hit the market by mid 2017 
The early adopters will pay about $250,000 for one to fly a person at up to 60 miles an hour for 10 minutes. The JB-10, developed by Maiman and the designer Nelson Tyler, has made about 400 test runs in Monaco and over downtown London and New York. But the partners realize the ultimate success will require that the fuel tanks be downsized so that the craft can be powered electrically and thus seek crowdfunding both for that model and a larger one to accommodate the Pentagon's Special Operations Command tactical needs. That's right, you, you, the viewer at home, can have your own personal jetpack. Uh, 60 miles an hour for about 10 minutes. That's right now. When they uh, shorten up them uh, fuel cells, it, it could be half that. I don't know if you know this. It'd be cold. I, I, I will take my car and uh, my feet otherwise. The continuing crisis, ladies and gentlemen, wildlife. The state agency, Colorado Parks and Wildlife, filed 21 criminal charges in October against the Squirrel Creek. Squirrel Creek. Squirrel Creek. Oh, boy. <sighs> Squirrel Creek Wildlife Rescue Center in Littleton. That's Colorado as well. Alleging that some of the orphaned and rehabbing animals... It says rehabbing animals, Kendall Seraph houses, are not being kept according to the state's strict standards, and that Seifert's 15-year-old center is also home to his popular Swingers Club, the Scarlet Ranch, featuring weekend sex parties. One of the criminal charges suggests that rescue animals could be stressed by gazing at activity in the ranch's bar area. Seifert said he will challenge the charges out of fear that many of the raccoons, foxes, songbirds, coyotes, skunks, rabbits, and squirrels he would have to relinquish would not find suitable facilities elsewhere. It's like animals don't... Uh, you don't want to see people having sex. Animals do it all the time, just out there in the wild. That's, you know... That's uh, the uh, Discovery Channel song, as bad as that was. Yeah. I wouldn't want to subject animals to that song, though. That would be terrible. In St. Paul, Minnesota, and, and terrible in many other places. In St. Paul, Minnesota, a 25-year-old woman told police on November 3rd that she was involuntarily roughed up several hours after being voluntarily roughed up at Arnelia's Bar's weekly Smackfest, in which female patrons competitively slap each other's faces for three rounds under strict house rules. The woman said she spoke amicably with her opponent, but by closing time, the opponent and several friends, including men, punched and kicked her outside the bar. In other slapping news, a 71-year-old woman died in Lewis, England in November while participating in a Chinese healing seminar that emphasizes being slapped repeatedly to rid the body of poisoned blood and toxins. The healer, Hong Shizhao, charges clients around $900 to beat what he calls the Sha out of them. And our episode almost ended in a tie, ladies and gentlemen. The no in November, in a remote area of Oregon's Maury Mountains, a 69-year-old man killed an elk and dragged the carcass behind his off-road vehicle up a hill. According to the Crook County Sheriff's Office, the vehicle suddenly flipped over backwards. The man landed on and was impaled by the elk's antlers. Fellow hunters summoned a helicopter, and the man has apparently survived. No word for sure, though. That's what apparently means. 
the entrepreneurial spirit in the retail market long dominated by priests, non-secretarian uh, funeral eulogizers now offer to give individual tailored remembrances of the deceased for a fee, according to an October report by a New York Post reporter who had interviewed two local celebrants who cited the declining appeal of prayers. I could do that. I could totally do that. Hire me to come speak at your funeral. I'll make you sound much more awesome than you really were. Also, the British retailer ASOS announced in August the, that the three-foot-long clip-on dinosaur tails had sold out in one of its two models. Although New York Magazine, which reported it in the U.S., was, for obvious reasons, baffled about why. I'm baffled about why. The way the world works, folks, Brittany Maynard, then 29, became, quote, the face of the right to die movement in 2014, according to a New York Post column, when she chose a legal physician-assisted suicide rather than awaiting the growth of her terminal brain tumor. In October, terminally ill California mother Stephanie Packer hoped to be, quote, the face of the right to live movement after revealing that her insurance company denied coverage for a drug that could extend her life, but at the same time disclosed that her suicide drugs are covered and even disclosed her copay, which was $1.20. Medical marvels, folks. Margaret Bomer's baby, uh, Lynn Lee, was born twice. In an October Texas Children's Hospital interview, doctors described how the need to rid Bomer's fetus of a rapidly growing tumor required them, at Bomer's 23rd week of pregnancy, to remove the fetus completely so the uterus uh, from the uterus until it was hanging out in the air, that's in quotes, so they could cut away the tumor and then reposition the fetus into the uterus. Lindley was born, again, by C-section 13 weeks later. Suspicion confirmed, folks. San Francisco State University researchers revealed in April that no fungi or fecal bacteria were found on the seats of the city's bus line or rapid transit trains, unlike their findings in 2011 before officials adopted easier-to-clean seats, but that a, quote, rare and, quote, unusual strain called pigmenophagia, was found, previously associated only with South Korean wastewater and the South China Sea. The city's Department of Health said, of course, not to worry. Here's a little perspective for you. A high-level policy document released by the Chinese government in September detailed plans to use technology to monitor citizen behavior to such a degree that each person would receive a social credit score similar to a FICO score in the U.S., but covering a range of conduct beyond financial, that would be the basis for allotting perks such as government support and starting businesses and whether parents' children are eligible for the best schools. Keeping trust is glorious, according to the document, and good behavior promotes a harmonious socialist society. Those things are true. Arkansas chic. Christy Goss, she is 43, an assistant to the Garland County, Arkansas judge, was arrested in October and charged with stealing nearly $200,000 in public funds, which she used to buy such things as a tuxedo for her dog, sequined throw pillows, a diamond bracelet, quote unquote, retailing for $128, and of course, Arkansas Razorback football tickets. The aristocrats, ladies and gentlemen, you always love hearing about them, don't you? Motorist Kurt Jenkins, he's 56, was arrested in November in Boynton Beach, Florida, after a pedestrian said Jenkins, naked, motioned him to his car to take a look. The pedestrian said there were children in the area, and also that Jenkins appeared to have wires running from his genitals to an unidentified, quote, electrical device. 
And among a stash of pornography found recently on the computer of Michael Ward, who's 70, were photos of human having some sort of sex with horses, dogs, an octopus, and an eel. End quote. According to a report of England's Chelmsford Crown Court proceedings, a pre-sentencing order forbade Wade to have contact with children under 16, but was silent about contact, uh, possible contact, with fish or mollusks. Uh, the passing parade folks at press time, quote, Bugs Bunny and, quote, Pink Panther were on trial in St. Catharines, Ontario, on aggravated assault charges from a Halloween 2015 bar fight in which, quote, Dracula's ear was severely slashed with a broken bottle. Quote, there was a lot of blood, said a witness, becoming from Dracula, not being sucked out by Dracula. Our update, the judge cleared Bugs, but was still deliberating on the panther. And the tardigrade is an ugly microorganism that is perhaps the sturdiest animal on Earth. Able to endure otherwise impossible living conditions and, thanks to gene splicing, known to be composed of DNA not seen elsewhere. A Japanese company recently began selling an oversized cuddleable tardigrade toy plushie, authenticated by science's leading tardigrade authority, Professor Kazuhura Akarwa of Keio University. I don't think they're ugly. I think they're kind of cute. Uh, our classic for the week from January 2013. The usual 20,000 or so visitors every year to Belgium's 30-acre Verbecke Foundation Art Park are allowed to reserve a night inside the feature attraction, a 20-foot-long, 6-foot-high polyester replica of a human colon created by Dutch designer... Oh, boy. Dutch names. Hoep van Lyshout. The area at the end of the structure gives the installation its formal name, the Hotel... Cassanus. The facility, though cramped, according to one prominent review, features heating, showers, and double beds, and rents for the equivalent of about $150 a night. That is the going rate in 
there it is. There's your show. You know, take it. Take it for what it is. Take it at face value. Take it for a walk. Take it out to dinner. Take it on the chin. I don't I don't care what you do with it. Uh, but I do thank you for for doing something with it. Um, a little bit of news about the show. Our good friend Coolio has been texting me a little bit this afternoon. Uh, Coolio, as of 4.07 p.m. on uh, Wednesday, November the 30th, just had broadcast equipment training XD uh, at the CKDU, local community radio station. Uh, he is... Um, I, you know, me being me, uh, here's the deal. Uh, Coolio has decided that it would be kind of neat to have, like, a, a radio version of the show, like, like a terrestrial radio version of Electric Leftovers. He's built himself a show, or at least a format of a show around this format, and, uh, apparently he's gonna be working on it. I'll try and keep you guys, um, up to date on that, and if I can find any links or anything like that, uh, about the show or what he's working on, I will absolutely let you know. Till then, thanks for listening, and uh, I'll see you next time. Aight.